Would you turn to our text again, please, Psalm 103, and then we'll be going to Matthew 20. Psalm 103, 7 says, He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. We're talking about the works and the ways of Jesus. The Israelites saw the acts or the works of God. They saw the miracles, the splitting of the Red Sea, the supernatural provision and all those things. But they never understood his ways. He said to them any number of times that they did not understand his ways. And how long would it be ere they did not learn his ways? Well, that's what our study is about. We're going through Matthew right now, and then we're going to read Mark, we're going to read uh, Luke, we're going to read John, and we're looking at Jesus. And we're looking at how he does things, how he deals with things, how he dealt with crisis, how he dealt with sickness, how he dealt with the devil, how he dealt with people asking questions or not living right or not acting right. How did he deal with it? Because there is no better example. And how many want to learn how he dealt with things. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he dealt with it like that then, that's how he does today. So we're not doing a verse-by-verse study. We're not studying all the teachings of Jesus. What are we looking for? His works and his, particularly his ways. His ways. So go with me, if you would, to Matthew 20. And let's continue this evening. Matthew 20. Our first session, we talked about the plan of God and the protection of God. Jesus emphasized these and how the Lord works with that. We talked secondly in our second session about the anointing and the authority. Jesus put a lot of emphasis on the anointing. That's how he operated under the anointing. And he put a lot of emphasis on operating in authority. That's how he dealt with things. He spoke to them. He commanded them to stop. He's our example. Can we do that? Are we supposed to operate that way? Yes, we are. We're not supposed to just sit idly by and pine away and think the Lord is supposed to do everything for us. He's given us authority. He's given us the name of Jesus. And if something's not right in your life, don't just sit there and feel like a helpless victim. Rise up. Amen. Speak to it in Jesus' name. If your kidney's not working right, talk to it. I said, talk to a kidney? Jesus talked to trees. He talked to the wind. He talked to waves. He talked to fevers. Speak to it. Call it in. You're not getting, if you're not making a lot of sales, Don't just develop some new pressure tactics to pressure people. Get off by yourself and call them in. Amen. Amen. People are going to be buying them somewhere today. Why can't they just come get them from you? But if you sit around and go, man, I just don't know what's wrong. We're just not doing anything. We're not doing anything. We're not making any sales. I don't know what it is. We're not making any sales. Well, this is bad. I don't know what the deal is. We're just, we're not doing anything. How's the business going? We're just not doing anything. <laughs> Economy's down. 
Not everywhere. It's bad. Not everywhere. You know there were people who made a lot of money today. In this country. In this state. In Missouri. In Branson. There were some people who made a lot of money today in Branson. Why can't it be you? You know where it starts? It does not start out here. It starts in here. Amen. You begin to get a vision. And one of the biggest problems is right under people's nose. It's this thing right here, this mouth. That's not my saying. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Right? Didn't you read that in your scriptures this week, didn't you? Amen. The scripture said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Hmm? Won't do you no good to just come sit in church and say, amen. Yeah, brother, I believe that. If that's all you do is just be like you never even came. You got to open your mouth. Got to make your tongue do its duty. Amen. Call in those sales. Amen. Customers come to me. Don't put pressure on specific people. You know, you can be nice to people. You don't have to pressure them. If they don't want to buy, okay, let them go. But uh, God will send three of them in their place. Amen. 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 Care more about people than you do money. I said we care more about people (laughs) than we do money. Everybody said out loud, I call in in. sales, Sales. contracts, Contracts. customers. Customers. I call them in 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 abundance. abundance. Come to me, me. buy from me, me. do business from me. me. I'll have an abundance abundance. in Jesus' name. name. Now, you know, up in... uh, up in New Jersey, I was just there. We spent, uh, what was it, three or four days. And the Lord dealt with me the whole time we taught on too much. I need to teach you sometime. Too much. I think sometime we're just going to have a whole week. Amen. Would you come for that? Just a whole week. And we're just going to fill you full of prosperity and faith. And vision. Amen. And... Uh, we talked about too much, too much, too much. And the Lord dealt with me. Just adjustments in your thinking can make all the difference. We are to walk by faith, not by what we see. That's right. Right? That's, right? That's easier said than done. Yes, it is. And he dealt with me. He said people are all the time talking about not enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if we're going to have enough. I don't know if we're going to have enough to pay the rent. I don't know if we're going to have enough to do that this quarter. I don't know if we're going to have enough. I don't know if when you talk doubt, when you talk lack, you believe in lack, you expect lack. You expect to not have enough. Hmm? You're believing for it. You're speaking for it. The Lord dealt with me and I, Phyllis and I have been changing this. He said, say it like this. He said, even when it look, when you're tempted to say, man, it looks like we're not going to have enough. When you're tempted to say, say this, we're going to have too much to pay the rent. <laughs> we're going to have too much. Are you going to have enough? No. You're going to have too much. <laughs> we'll have to figure out what to do with the excess. The Lord will show us. Amen. Friend, if you would just implement, I didn't think that up, the Lord dealt with me about that. If you just implement that one change into your life every day, it would revolutionize things for you. 
Anytime that it looks like, feels like, people tell you you're going to come up short, it looks like you may not make it, you may not have enough, open your mouth right then and say, we'll have too much to do that. We'll have too much for that. Yeah, we'll have too much to pay all the house bills. We'll have too much to pay the car off. We'll have too much to send the kids to school. We'll have too much to send them to college. We'll have too much. We'll have too much for it. Hmm? Somebody says, that's just, I don't know about that. Well, you're either going to talk what you see or you're going to talk what you believe. Amen. We just got through reading scripture in Malachi. If you're a tither, if you're a giver, what did he say? I will open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour out blessings on you. Until what? There's not room enough. That's too much. I said that's too much. Give and it'll be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and. That's too much. Right when it runs over, it's too much. Too much. Everybody said out loud, I will have too much to pay the bills. Too much to do all I need to do. We will have too much. Now talk that way every day. Every day, don't walk by what you see. Don't walk by what you saw on the reports. Don't, the numbers, the needs, don't do that. Talk faith. One more time, say it out loud, too much. much. We will have have too much. much. Matthew 20, have you found that yet? Gave you plenty of time. Matthew 20. Verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, and he went out early in the morning, others say at dawn, to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers, now this is an important phrase, he agreed with them. If you put this with other scripture that we read in just a minute, this has the connotation of a contract, a compact or a contract is stipulated. So, you know, by today's standard, they signed a paper and there was an agreement they're going to work X amount of time and do a job. He's going to pay them X amount of money. Now, penny doesn't sound much, but uh, that's just the, the term that's used. It was, it's whatever would be uh, equal to a day's working wages today. If somebody went out in the field or in the woods or whatever and worked for 12 hours, Whatever they would be paid, whether it would be $5 an hour or $10 an hour or whatever it might be. So you're talking about in the neighborhood, $50, $60, $75, $100 a day. Somewhere in there, let's say $50 a day for a 12-hour day. And uh, they agreed. This was the contract. This was agreement. And he went out about the third hour. Now see, these guys, they got together at daylight. I mean, the sun's not even up good. And they did this. And these guys were out in the field working. Well, he went out at 9 o'clock out in the marketplace to town. And he saw people standing around. And he said, uh, they were idle. He said, uh, go to the vineyard. And get this phrase. Now, whatever is right, I will give you. Is there a contract here? 
They're not like the others. There is no agreement for any specified amount. He just told them what? We'd say today, go on out there and go to work, and I'll do right by you. Do you work like that? Should you work like that? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Whatever is right, I will give you. What is required in this situation? Absolutely, trust. Trust. If uh, somebody tells you, you go out there and work, and you, I mean, you're talking about in a hot summertime, we're talking about out in the field, you're going to get dirty, you're going to work like an animal out there for a long time. And uh, he could give you a dollar and say, that's what I think's right. Because <laughs> all he said was, whatever's right. Well, these guys went. They went their way. They went and did it. He went out about the sixth hour. That's at noon. And he went out at, at the ninth hour. That's at three in the afternoon. And he did likewise. And about the eleventh hour. This is five o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening. And he found others standing idle. And he said to them, why stand you here all day idle? And they said, because no man has hired us. He said to them, go you also to the vineyard and whatever's right. Everybody say, whatever's right. Whatever's right. That shall you receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last. These are the people that started working at five o'clock in the evening. Then unto the first. These are the people that started working at daylight. Six in the morning or earlier. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man fifty dollars, seventy-five, whatever. We'll call it seventy-five. Maybe he paid a little better. He gets seventy-five dollars for how much work? An hour. But when the first came, they supposed. Everybody says supposed. Supposed. That they should have received more, and they likewise, every man received $75. And when they received it, they did what? They murmured, they griped, they complained. This is proof positive they were not in faith, nor in love. Walking in love, nor faith. If you'd have been walking in love, you'd have been glad the guys got $75. The other guys. Thank you for those three amens. (laughs) Put yourself in this situation now. Put yourself there. Could you be happy if you worked all day in the sun? And somebody came in at five o'clock, worked an hour, made the same thing you did. (laughs) Huh? No. Why would you, why couldn't you handle that? Because you care more about you than you do them. If you cared about them, you'd be thrilled that they were able to get the extra money because they may need it. I'm just going to have to camp here a while. I see this. Everybody's going like, that ain't fair. That ain't right. That ain't right. You got to remember who's telling the story. Hmm? You got to remember who the Lord of the harvest here is representing. 
Would the Lord do something like this? It's his story. He ain't telling it just to be filling up time. It's his story. I mean, the punchline of the end of this thing is that there are those that are first that's going to be last. And those that are last that's going to be first. And many are called, but few chosen. That's the punchline. There's going to be some people who get saved at the last part of this deal. And just jump in with both feet and give God their all. And they're going to get blessed amazingly. And some of the old crusty ones <laughs> has been serving the Lord my whole life. Huh? Some of us say, well, hold on, that ain't fair. Don't you even think that. Because the Lord is fair. He is right. He is just. He Let every man be a liar. But God be true. When it comes to questioning his righteousness and his fairness. He knows the hearts of people. And you know what motivates him. You know what causes him to respond. You know what causes him to reward. It's not how much time you clock. It's not how many hours of prayer you put in. It's not how many chapters you read. It's not how many services you went to. It's not how many pies you baked. What is it? Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Faith pleases Him. Well, what is faith? Faith is trust. Trust. We see two different ways of operating. The way of the, I'm going to call it, sure thing. Get it in contract. Get it locked down. So we know we're going to get that. Or the way of living by faith. To where it's open-ended. No specific promise. But faith in a big God. And in a good God that'll do right by you. I said that he'll do right by you. Walking by sight. Walking by what you can put together. Walking by what you can see. What you can be assured of and locked down. Or walking by faith. And trust. Just obeying with no particular guarantees, no specific guarantees, and yet the biggest of all guarantees that God will do right by you. I tell you, I'd rather have uh, just that one phrase from God. I'd rather him look at me and say, Keith, go do this, and I'll take care of you. I'd rather have that than a 95-page contract checked out by a hundred of the best lawyers that you could buy. Hmm? Just a phrase. How many know there was a time in this country where people didn't need 12 lawyers to do a, a transaction? I am amazed at how folk can complicate something. 
We've done business on some things and you talk to people about this thing or that thing and okay, okay, we'll do that. And time the lawyers get through with it, it is 40 pages of legalese that you have to get experts to explain to the experts what it meant. How many like God? He's simple. Huh? If he said, trust me, can you count on it? If he said, I'll take care of you, can you count on it? If he said, I'll do right by you, can you count on it? Amen. Amen. God's talking to some people tonight. I'm not talking about trusting people. I'm talking about trusting God. Amen. We are not supposed to blindly trust people. You might be a wonderful person, but if I don't know you, I don't know you. And if I don't know you, I can't trust you. But if God told me to do something with you, I can trust him. So I can do it without being concerned about you, whether you're going to fail or not, because I know I can trust him. We've done this every step of our ministry, and I'm telling you, the Lord's been so good to us. Never failed us, blessed us, just keeps bringing us up, bringing us up, bringing us up, bringing us up. But every step we've taken has been, I'm going to do right by you. Step. We went to Ramah 20 plus years ago. No guarantees. Nobody knew us. We didn't know anybody. Showed up out there. I grew up in the country. In the sticks. Tulsa was huge to me. And man, you think, you know, what are we going to do? It looked like we we're going to starve is what it looked like. <laughs> but as you can tell, we didn't. But the Lord dealt with us. He said, go to Ramah. He dealt with me, help Brother Hagen in healing school. That's all he said. But that's enough. How do you help? I don't know. People get too hung up on job descriptions and titles. Hmm? And that's not in my job. You ever heard that? Or how much does it pay? Well, friend, you can't live like that with God or you will never advance. You cannot make deals with the Almighty. People have been trying to for centuries. But it does not work. Trying to get him to commit to you on specifics. That means you don't trust him. It means you don't know him. It's like trying to get him to sign on the line. Now come on God. Now I'll do this. If. You'll do this. And pay attention to article 3. Subparagraph B. Because I want this too. Mm-mm. He doesn't work that way. He calls you. He says, do this thing and you'll go, how? And he'll say, I'll take care of you. How, God? Where are you going to get it? He'll come by it honestly. <laughs> I know the Lord dealt with me to go to a prayer school, healing school. So I did. Every day I was there. Every day I was on the front row. I didn't know how to help. I knew this. Show up and be supportive. That's it. 
That's help. Show up and bring faith. Amen. And expect uh, Brother Hagin to get good utterance. And expect the anointing to be there. And expect revelation to come. And I did. I sat on the edge of my chair with my Bible. And I was there every day, month after month, month after month. They said, we need somebody to be at the door and meet people. That was me. Why? The Lord said, help. If he says, we need this, that's all I need to know. That's help. We need somebody to fill out uh, registration forms when people come in. That was me. We need somebody to pray for people. Okay. Amen. You might be surprised how many people over the years said they wanted to help us in ministry. And when you got down to it, it only involved a platform position. That's right. Amen. That was it. Amen. You said, well, we need help. Um. You know, stuffing envelopes. We need help. Well, that's not really my call. That's it. Well, I know all I need to know. You're not committed. You're not serious about serving God or me. Now think about it. People don't realize what they're saying, but let's say you're in heaven. You're standing there on the golden streets. And let's say there was some dust there. I don't think there is. But there was some dust on the golden street. And the Lord comes by with a broom and says, Would you sweep that off for me? And he said, Well, the Lord, that's not my ministry. I'm a singer. Uh, I'm a preacher. You go and tell the Lord. That's not your ministry. It wouldn't be funny if it wasn't such a widespread problem. I'm telling you. It's amazing how much people think they want to do something, but they're very specific. People get on the floor and go, oh, God, oh, God, use me. Use me. Please, God, just whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. And he says, well, go work in the parking lot. Uh, what else you want me to do? Is, is, there, is there something else? Or... Want you to pull up and move somewhere and do something. Well, God, use somebody else for that. Send somebody else. People say it, but they don't mean it. I mean, as long as it's abstract, it's great. But when it gets down to doing something. And then, you know, if folk do begin to get used in an area, they're busy doing this and busy doing that and come in and cry and say, I just feel like I'm being used. (laughs) Well, I thought you wanted to be used. You got to make up your mind now. Do you want to be used or do you not want to be used? <laughs> Ministry in every capacity takes a complete commitment. It's not about hours. It's not about pay. It's not about recognition. It's about getting the job done. You know, people see us and we. We're known a little bit and have some size to us. Uh, they don't know what's gone on for the last 25 years. Ministry is not just standing up behind a pulpit. Ministry means service. And uh, Phyllis and I, I mean, you know, my job was to clean the floors and to Dust the podium and uh, to play videotapes. And uh, that's how I got started in the ministry. And we did that and did that and did that. And all the, the Lord told me was help Brother Hagin. So when he needed something, we did. Phyllis sometimes and I found us at midnight out looking for a particular bar of soap. 
After we're internationally known. Why? Because he said help them. They need that. So that's what we're doing. And glad to do it. I said and glad to do it. Because when you do it unto the least of these. Who are you doing it for? You're doing it. The Lord takes it personally. Takes it himself. But every step that we took. Eventually. After being there for years. They said we need somebody to pray. I was there. We need somebody to fill out registration. I was there. We need somebody to shake hands. I was there. Eventually they said we need somebody to counsel with folk after the service. I was there. Eventually they said we want somebody to help teach. And uh, you know who you look for when you need to fill these bigger positions? Hmm? Hmm? You don't look for somebody sitting at their house waiting for their ministry. You look for people that have been faithful in the small things. If you've been faithful in the small, the Lord said you'd be faithful in much. You know when the man of God, the Lord sent the prophet looking for his successor, Elijah, looking for Elisha. He didn't go to the church house. He went out in the field and there the man was working there, not just out in the woods waiting for his ministry. He's working, working, sweating. How many of God can find you at the factory? That was weak. That was really weak. People say, well, I, I'm not working because I'm waiting for my ministry to come. Are your bills paid? No. Then something's not right. Did you hear me? Yes. If your ministry is not paying the bills, then you're supposed to be working. That's right. A job. Secular job. That's right. Amen. Amen. Uh, there's a whole doctrine in the scripture about work. Every kind of work, I don't care if it's fixing flats or stocking grocery aisles, which I have done. I've fixed flats, I've pumped gas, I've driven trucks, I've loaded freight, I've cut up chickens in the meat market, I've uh, sold refrigerators. Amen. And everything I did has helped prepare me. Amen. For the next phase of what the Lord had for us. But as we begin to follow in the ministry, when these things would begin to come up, eventually they said, uh, we'd like for you to help. I volunteered for almost three years, just serving there. No pay, and yet God was taking good care of me. Amen? Yes, and after that time, they said, we'd like to put you on staff. I had to pray about it, because I was doing so good. <laughs> I didn't want to mess this thing up. Amen. And so I never asked them how much. I just, I prayed about it, felt good about it. I said, okay. They told me later. I never, and since I've been in the ministry for these 20 plus years, I have never asked for an offering. I have never asked for a raise. I have never asked for it. A meeting. Why? I'd rather trust God. Amen. Because the best you could do for me is not even touching what he can do. But you have to leave it open-ended. You know, I know a lot of ministries, and I'm not, I'm not throwing any stones, but a lot of folk, they tell the people before they come. I'm talking about preachers like me now. I have to have X amount before I come. Well, that people don't realize it, but that is actually a limiter. You could get more than that if you could believe for it. But if you're going for the sure thing, you think, 
and locking into contracts, I'm talking about ministry now, I'm talking about trusting God, then you limit yourself, you limit what God can do for you. I know when we did that, the Lord brought money in, Phyllis was doing some things in an office, and I mean that office just exploded. They made more money in just a few months. She finally left that, had her own consulting business. Just making money hand over fist. And people were calling and worrying about us. Well, Brother Keith, where's your salary coming from? Where's your offerings? Hey, we were driving a good car. We were living in a good place. Don't worry about us. When God says, I'll do right by you, can you trust him? Can you believe that? We launched into our own ministry. Everything we did, there were no written guarantees. We didn't try to get anybody to commit to us that they would do this or do that. If he said, do it. If the Lord said, do it, and I'll take care of you, that's better than money in the bank. Amen. I mean, it was a big move for us coming out here and endeavoring to secure this property. It was. And the Lord said, I'll take care of you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And the money's just coming and just coming. Hallelujah. Just coming. Now, I'll have to, the church itself hasn't been carrying itself yet. It will. Too much. We'll have too much <laughs> to pay everything. But it's coming from other places. Amen. It's coming through More Life Ministries. It's coming. I've had friends just fly into town, won't have lunch with me. What's going on? We tell them. They slide me a big check over. <laughs> Amen. You know, if you get used to living like this, it is so free. It is such liberty because you don't have to put any pressure on anybody. I don't have to put any pressure on you. Amen. If I see a big bill coming up for Faith Life Church, I don't have to come up here and cry and go, y'all got to do something. If y'all don't give, we may not be on the radio next week. Everybody say this out loud. Faith. Puts no pressure on people. Say that again. Faith puts no pressure on Once again. Faith puts no pressure on people. Faith's not looking to the people. It's looking to God. You know, we used to travel commercial all the time. Airlines. And man, that can be a zoo sometimes. And I mean, flights canceled. I'm supposed to be speaking somewhere that night, just a few hours. And they're saying there's not even a flight going there anymore. And, and man, people can get crazy. And even people are supposed to be Christians. Go up there and chew on these ticket counter personnel. Chew on them. And I've been with some ministers before. Just chew these people out and tell them, you don't understand. I'm so-and-so. I have to be such and such place. Well, don't you think these other people got somewhere to go to? Supposed to be Christians. And look at me, and I guess they could tell by my eyes I wasn't too pleased. I kind of backed off. I'm standing over here on the corner like, who is that, you know? And they came over and said, well, you know, I know that seems a little brusque, but that's just my anointing. That's just, I'm, I have kind of a prophetic bit. <laughs> that's called flesh. Flesh. Don't you try to justify that, spiritualize that. If we're going to get in faith about this deal, 
We're not just putting pressure on people to make this happen for us. We need to look up and go, God, you know we got to be here. We got to be at that meeting. So I'm asking you, work this thing out. Cause it, give us favor. Get us on the right plan. Get us, and then get in faith. What does that mean? Expect it to happen and try to relax and rest in it and don't lose your witness. We've seen it. And Phyllis and I, I mean, these people chewing on these guys and just cussing them out. And we walked up, I remember we walked up to this lady at this counter one time. She looked like that lady on the poster I saw one time that her eyes were bloodshot and her hair was frazzled. And she said, I got one nerve left and you're on it. She looked like that lady. And, and Phyllis and I had already prayed. We prayed. We had plenty of time standing in the line there to pray. And so we got up there. We ministered peace to the lady. We said, man, this is a zoo, isn't it? We're sorry that this this way for you. We are needing to go to such and such place. Can you help us? No need to put any pressure on them. We're looking to God to make this thing work out. And uh, remember this lady, she typed a little bit. And she said, hmm. Type, 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 type. Hmm. Type, type. <laughs> Well, you know, we can put you on this flight and we're just going to upgrade you to first class and you'll actually get there the same time you were supposed to get there. And we said, thank you. And we walked away and people looked at us like they wanted to shoot us, man. Like, what did you do? What did you do? You, you passed them some money, didn't you? Or something. What did you do? Another time, we're in another part of the country, similar thing happened, and this lady just cussed this guy out. This guy come up and just gave this fellow the wherewithal, and Phyllis came up and smiled and said, you know, uh, I see you're really busy, but uh, uh, could you help us with this? That was his job, and, and he, he looked at her. She called him Mr., looked at his name tag and said, Mr. So-and-so. He looked like he hadn't been called that in a day or two. He said, uh, where do you need to go? And she told him. He said, uh, follow me. And we just picked up our little bags of fire. He took us behind. This was before all the tight security. He took us behind this. But we thought, well, we probably ain't supposed to be here, you know. He took us through all this. Took us right on a plane. Set us down first class. Asked us would we like something to drink. And we looked at him. He said, those people up there didn't know that. But I could help them or I could hurt them. And you know, it ain't too smart, is it? it ain't too smart to cuss out the person you want to help you. That just ain't smart, is it? You know, I've had people call up, you know, we've been blessed with a lot of invitations to go different places and speak and have meetings. And I've had people call and even call Phyllis and just chew her out about me coming to their place. Is that going to make me want to come? Am I going to go home and Phyllis is half in tears? And I'm going, yep, I'm going to go to that place. (laughs) If you do it to a person's representatives, you did it to them. And if you're putting pressure on people, you are not in faith. Resting and trusting in God to do it for you. If you're putting pressure on your employers... Give me that raise. I deserve it. I've earned it. I've been here X amount of time and I've worked harder for you than anybody and you know it's because of me you got all this business and you owe it to me. Is that faith? Who are you putting pressure on? Then that means you're looking at them as your source. 
you're thinking it's got to come. The only way I'm going to get it is going to come through them. Is God limited to that? Does it have to come through your job? Does it have to? Putting pressure on customers. Putting pressure on people to buy from you. Do you have to do that? No. Husbands and wives putting pressure on each other. Honey, you got to, I need a better house. You got to provide it. We use terminology like, well, he's the provider. She's the provider. That's not the best. Who's the provider? The Lord's the provider. God is our provider. I want a bigger house. I want a bigger house. Why don't you believe God? Well, honey, I need a bass boat. I want a bass boat. When can I get a bass boat? Is your wife your source? Man, it's getting quiet in this, in this church. Turn with me to Ephesians. Did I say something wrong? Did I get, did I go too far? <laughs> you know, years ago, you're turning to Ephesians 6, please. Years ago, Phyllis and I were getting a hold of sowing and reaping. We began to get a hold of the truth that if you sow money, when I say sow, I'm talking about giving. But I like the word sow because it's investment, it's a Bible word. You're not just giving it away, you're investing it, you're sowing it. If you sow money, you reap money. If you sow clothes, you reap clothes. If you sow cars, you reap cars. It's just a Bible fact, if you do it in faith. And Phyllis got a hold of this. And she said, I'm going to sow some clothes. I said, well, help yourself. And she went and she about cleaned out her closet. I mean, she gave three-fourths of what she had away. And somebody come to me and said, oh, Brother Keith, uh-oh, you're in trouble now, man. you got to buy her all new clothes. I said, uh-oh, I'm not her source. No pressure on me. It don't mean I can't believe God and give her something. But does everything that she can ever have in life have to come through me? Is she limited to me? Or could she believe God direct? She did. She sewed those clothes. She claimed a big harvest. And it wasn't but what, a month or two? Just a matter of weeks. These people came to her office. And they said, you know, we don't want to offend you. But uh, we have some clothes that we wondered if you would like to have. Or we could give you. Well, you don't know what people are talking about. And she said, well, yeah, bring them. Let's look. Let's see. They brought them. They were clothes by designers. And they were just her size. I mean, beautiful clothes. Thousands and thousands of dollars worth of clothes. Tags still on them. Never been worn. Now, did that just happen? Is that a coincidence? No. She wasn't operating as a preacher. She's working in an office with doctors. This is not just preacher scriptures. These are not just preacher verses. Right? This works for everybody. Have you found Ephesians? Ephesians 6. Everybody say it out loud. God will do right by me. I trust him. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We're really getting into some things tonight, aren't we? It's good. We're making some progress here. Once in a while I get to praying or I get to preach and talking about some of these things. And sometimes I'll see things in my spirit. I see what's out ahead of us. And I'm telling you, we are on a good road, friends. We are headed to some good places, man. Ooh, glory to God. 
If we'll stay hooked and keep believing in just a matter of time, just a year or two, we'll be able to, uh, there's a lot of people, even a lot of people here will be able to look back and go, wow. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm in a different world now than I was back then. Glory to God. And the main thing we're talking about is being a blessing to other people. You can't do things for other people until you have something to do with. And you got to get the limiters off. And the limiters are not just the economy or your job or your profession or your lack of education or any of that. People use those things to excuse why I can't do any better. None of that's true. I said none of it's true. All things are possible to him or her that believes. If you can believe it, you can receive it. If you can see you doing it, you can do it. If you can see you being it and having it, it might not happen overnight or a week or two, a month or two. But if you'll stay with it. But you've got to not just operate, you know, playing it safe. Just going by what you can see. Holding on to what you think is a sure thing. you got to learn to live open-ended. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ephesians, are you there? Yes. Six. Let's see, I don't think that's right. Four is where I want you to go. Yeah, four is where I want you to go. The Bible said in verse 26, back up to verse 25. Verse 25 Ephesians 4.25, he says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Can you do that? Huh? Can you get mad and yet not sin? Yes, you can. Control. you got to control your feelings. you got to control your actions. I mean, you should... Believe God and grow to the point where you could just be absolutely seething mad and yet not act rashly, not speak harshly. Hmm? It's not just a sin to get mad. It's what you do when you get mad. He said, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. It's not okay to go around fuming for day after day after day. That means you're not right. That means you need to repent no matter what you think somebody did to you. You're wrong. When you stay mad day after day, you're wrong. He said, neither give place to the devil. See, when you do that, you yield to your anger, you hold on to anger, that's what you're doing. You are giving place to the devil. Read verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather, let him labor, let him work. Is working a Bible plan? I said, is working a Bible plan? Everybody say, let him work. Anymore. Everybody's supposed to be working. Everybody. We're in the ministry, but we're working. If you don't think so, follow us around a day or two. Everybody's supposed to be working. Everybody's supposed to be busy. Amen? And if the ministry is not keeping you full time and not paying your bills or whatever, then you need to be doing something. You need to be turning a wrench. You need to be driving a tractor. You, need, you understand what I'm talking about? Everybody's supposed to be busy. He goes on to say, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, so he can make a living. Hmm? That's why we work, right? To make a living. Right? You ever seen that uh, bumper sticker or that tag says, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. 
If you got one of them tags, take that thing off before you come back on the church ground here. <laughs> I just assumed you had cuss words on there. I'm serious. This is the kind of thing that'll keep you broke all your life. Amen. Believe in stuff like that. Well, we're just trying to make a living. Then that's your entire vision, that's your faith, that's your words, that's where you'll stay. Now I know this is a different way of thinking. I know it is. And if you hadn't heard it before, don't just throw it out. Don't just take it because I said it. Get in this book. Search it. If it's Bible, you'll find it in other places of the Bible. Amen. You'll find it in other verses and other things that Jesus taught. What did he say? Let him labor. Read it with me. Look at that. Let him labor. Do what? Working with his hands. The thing that's good. So he can make a living. Hmm? Huh? That's why we work, right? This is a higher way of thinking, isn't it? This is a higher way of life. If you are working for a living, then you have limited what you can have to what can come through your job. You're looking at your job as your source. Hmm? And, and, and don't think, well, yeah, there's two or three people that do that. Practically everybody is doing that. Most people are only doing that. Not just laity, the clergy. There's no telling how many pastors and preachers, they look to the congregation as their source. Where's the money going to come from to pay off the building to do this? From, that's what they're looking right there. Traveling ministers. They are looking to the churches that they go to. Right? Are they looking to their partners? That's why the strong appeal letters. Because they're thinking it's got to come through there. But does God have any other resources? Does he have any other channels? Could he get it to you another way than through your job? Did you read just this week? About when they, they caught up with Peter and asked him about the tribute money. Hmm? And Jesus asked him about, and apparently from what Jesus said, he didn't even think that he should have to pay it. But, he said, lest we offend them, go fishing. <laughs> Most folk would have told him to get an extra job. Uh, Peter, you opened up your mouth now. You just go earn that money yourself. Go work some overtime. And don't misunderstand me. We're supposed to work. We're supposed to work. But if you think that the only thing you can have is what comes through your job, then you have limited God who is a great big God. And I'm telling you, he can do things for you in ways that you never imagined. Would you think if I need to pay my taxes that I could go fishing and get it? And the first fish that came up, there was a big piece of money in his mouth and it was more than enough to pay for all of it. Would you think that when you needed water that you just go to a rock and stand and look at it? And God's going to bust the rock and water's going to come out? Would you believe that when you got hungry that you could just look up and bread would fall out of the sky? Would you believe that God could fly in fresh quail without an airplane? Huh? Can God 
bring you money, things, favor, whatever you need through completely unexpected channels. Can he do it? What would give him the right to do it though? You got to believe it. Amen. You got to believe that you can have more than what your job would provide. Amen. And that it doesn't all have to come through your job. That you don't have to listen. It has to be through this contract. You can just believe God that he'll do right by me. Amen. And he can figure out a way to get it to me. Oh, man, man. You know, when we were talking about getting this facility, some of the people that were talking to us said, well, how big is your congregation? We said, well, uh, none. Well, see, that don't sound reasonable, does it? Well, then you should go get you something smaller. Well, if that's what the Lord tells you to do, but he told us to do this. And uh, can, can he come up with it? Can he get it? Do I have to know where it's going to come from? I don't have to know. All I have to do is believe and expect it to come in. Amen. I know a pastor friend of mine was in the building program and I'm trying to close. And he, he was a great one to reach out to people. And there was this woman in his church was a single mom. And she had this daughter that was grown and getting ready to be married. And they had no money for the wedding. Well, he had actually bailed them out two or three times with their apartment rent and their electric bill. And they were just, they were really down financially. Well, he, it bothered him to see that this young woman is not going to have a proper wedding. And so the Lord dealt with him. He stepped in. He paid for the wedding. He did some things for her. Well, in just a few months, this lady came up because the pastor, he's believing for this money for the church and believing for some things personally. He'd been standing and believing and he didn't know where it might come from, but just standing and believing. And this woman came and said, you know, pastor, I just wanted you to know that they tell me in two weeks that I'm getting $3 million. He said, really? He could already believe it. She said, yeah. And she said, my tithe will be right there, and I'm going to have a good offering for you too. Well, he didn't know if maybe she just, you know, daydreaming or what she's doing. But sure enough, in a couple of weeks, here she come in, toting that big tithe check. And in a big check for him too, personally. Amen. He'd have never dreamed in a hundred years that God would have met his need through this woman. He had to keep her from getting in the street. God has ways. Everybody say, God has ways. God has ways. He has channels. Amen. If you can trust him. Everybody stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.